hey, that lawsuit being done is a big deal. A big deal. Do you know, as part of that lawsuit, we had a Wisconsin state law changed? That's a pretty big deal, right? Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. It's nice to see all of you. I know some of you. Some of you I don't know. It's good to have all of you here. All of you at once. I like it. And the kids left. Do you remember being a kid? How many of you remember being a child during Easter and going into Sunday school? There was always something unusual about that Sunday school activity, wasn't there? I'm sure they're having a great time in there. and We have a great time in here. I've got some, uh, I was just, I was doing, I was surfing the net. I know you all surf the net. And I found some unusual worldwide Easter traditions. I had to share them. I thought, well, this is Easter, right? Are you ready? In Finland, children wear costumes. What's the most popular costume in Finland? A rabbit. A witch. I think we all saw that one coming. In Australia, instead of the Easter bunny, there's a real trend to go to another animal. They have the Easter bilby. It's an endangered species there, so they're making a shift going from the bunny to the bilby. It looks kind of similar, big ears and some kind of rodent, right? So, um, In Greece, they have Easter eggs that are painted red to symbolize the blood of Christ. I suppose it's not as exciting for families to sit down and paint the eggs if all the colors are red, but it's got good symbolism. Bermuda, kites are flown to symbolize the ascension of Christ Messiah. You know, the weather we've had lately, I don't know if we could have flown many kites, but Bermuda they are. In Germany, trees are often decorated with Easter eggs. In Switzerland, wells, the water wells are decorated. This is to honor the value of water in life. In Brazil, some people make straw dolls of Judas and beat them up. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, in Czech, Czech Republic and Slovakia, in both countries, women can expect to get a whipping. As a part of the Easter tradition, men beat girls and women with decorated handmade whips. However, the whipping is not intended to be painful. It is believed that the whipping on the Easter day is, makes women more healthy. Ladies, it's good to be in America, isn't it? (laughs) There may be more to that story. Colombia. Colombians have a strange dinner menu for Easter. Instead of, you know, chocolate and eggs, they dine on iguana, turtles, and big rodents. How many of you just just out of curiosity are having a a family day today of some type? You're meeting some family somewhere and you're having food? All right, so uh, most of you. Uh, we're having some. We're having some fa- a family day today. One of my daughters, Emily, is in town for one day from school in Minnesota. So that's very cool. We're having a little bit, kind of a smaller family get together. We're gonna have chicken and salmon. I'm gonna make salmon for the first time. This is just a total tangent here. I, I, I got this recipe for salmon. You know when you walk into grocery stores and they have free samples? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And it was so. The grocery store was in Florida, and I brought the recipe back, and I've made it. It's really good. I like it. I'm not going to tell you how I do it because it seems very complicated. But if they serve it in a grocery store, you know it can't be all that complicated, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> Easter is here. Excuse me. I was nervous on Monday. I was joking with my dad. I said, man, get your, get your message ready because I had laryngitis. True? We were at an elders meeting, and by the end of the night, I could go, ah, ah, help me, help me. So Easter is here. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is very difficult to look at Easter, biblically, very difficult 
to look at it biblically without considering Passover. <clears throat> we have those two stories. They go together. You can't have one without the other. So I just want to, I, and, and actually I'll, I'm going to point out a couple of verses here. Luke 22 and Matthew 26, there's just a few mentions of Passover connecting to Easter. It says <clears throat> that the event itself took place in the day of unleavened bread, which is Passover. That Jesus ordered the preparation of a special meal of Passover. Uh, that special meal can take a long time. By the way, there's a Passover tradition in India that some Jews do there. This is interesting. They start the day after Hanukkah, which is white December, right? And they start and they get ready all the way up till now. Passover is this week. And the women do this. And they actually sit down and look at all the rice they're going to use to cook with. And they make sure there's no cracks in any of them. Is that a tradition or what? So when Jesus ordered the preparation of that special meal, that's a big deal. They reclined at the table, the Bible says, and reclining is a Passover tradition. So we know that they're reclining at the table during that Passover meal. We know that there's bread and wine that were passed around, right? We call it the Last Supper. Well, that bread and wine that was passed is actually an extremely traditional Passover event. And there was dipping. Jesus actually outed Judas as the one to betray him during the dipping. Do you remember how this story went? Somebody said, the disciples were saying, well, who's going to betray you? And this is the Jim paraphrase version. Jesus, who's going to betray you? And Jesus said, the one who's dipping with me. And dipping is a Passover event. We think that he was probably, we don't know this for sure, but we think that Judas and Jesus were probably dipping the parsley and salt water. For any of you who have seen a Seder, you know there's parsley and salt water. We can't look at Easter without considering the flow of Passover. The Lord put this together as a wonderful story. So today I'm going to kind of refer to both, both events. But we understand, of course, where it leads, right? Easter, the resurrection. <clears throat> so let's look, at a, let's look at a verse. Go ahead, Mike, bring that up. Let's read. Now this is really about the Passover. The Passover. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to pause in the middle of it, and I'm going to kind of set the stage when we get to that point. But let's read to that point. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. This is when the exodus was beginning. The ten plagues had occurred, lice, frogs, death of the firstborn. Ten plagues had occurred. Ten plagues, ten terrible plagues. After 400 years of captivity, the Israelites had the chance to go. Bam, this is their big chance. And they're going to go. And the Israelites did as Moses is instructed and asked the Egyptians. After all this, they asked him for silver and gold. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. After 400 years, the plagues were so bad, the Egyptians said, just fine, just take my stuff and go. Just go. Don't go angry. Just go away. <laughs> right? <clears throat> they got it. This was a monumental time. 400 plus years in captivity. And it's such a liberation. They get the gold and the silver and, their, and the clothing, right? First-rate clothing from Egyptians, not slave clothing. This is a big deal. And then the very next verse, there's an I wonder to it, right? The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot beside women and children. <clears throat> they get all this gold and silver, and then they go on a journey. Well, if you get all this gold and silver, if you're one of these Israelites, and you're, you're, you're excited, you've got this stuff, what's the first thing you'd want to know before this journey? 
Someone say it. Shout it out. Where are we going? I didn't have any plans. Where are we going? I've got all this stuff. That's really cool, Moses. This is neat. We're going to get our own place. Yay! But there's no mention of the, of the connection there. They just got their stuff and they went. They don't know where they're going. What's in their head? There's over a million people. Again, <clears throat> their whole lives have been in captivity. They don't know anything except making bricks and servant roles. And they're ready to go. And what's in their heads? Where are they going? How's it gonna, how are we going to get there? They've just been blessed with a wonderful thing, but they have no idea what's going to happen after the blessing, do they? Okay, now we fast forward. We're going to go to Easter. We're going to go to the, 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 the time of the, of the, of the uh, sacrifice, of the cross. All right, next slide. When Jesus rose, now this is after he had been crucified, after three and a half years of ministering with the disciples, and he knew those folks after thousands of people had declared faith in, in Jesus and in the package that he brought. After all this time, he dies and he rises. And this is where, the, where we jump in the verses here. When Jesus rose early in the first day of the, next, of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, of whom he had driven out seven demons. So he rises and he appears to Mary first. She went and she told those who had been with him and those who were mourning and weeping. So she tells his boys, his people, the ones that knew him, those who had been with him. And she says, guess who I saw? You're not going to believe this. I just saw Jesus. You're not gonna, isn't that amazing? I saw Jesus. Could you imagine how that conversation went? If one person came in this room right now and they ran up to the stage and they said, guess what? I saw Jesus down the road. What would we think? But that's what Mary did. She said, guess what, all of you? I just saw him. They didn't believe him. When, Jesus, when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. <clears throat> they didn't believe him. So the Passover, they had a blessing situation. They had no idea what was happening. And this one, they just went back to mourning. They don't believe it. What were they doing? They were mourning. They go back to mourning. They think a terrible, a terrible thing has happened. Jesus is gone. We followed this guy for all this time. He's our Savior. He died. He's dead. Oh, no. We're in trouble. What are we going to do? Totally different perspectives. Have any of you in your walk with the Lord, in your life, ever been in a place where you've had a wonderful blessing and you didn't know what to do next? Or you've gone through something that you think is a terribly challenging time? A difficult time, and you just think that God doesn't even hear you when you pray. Has anybody in here ever been through those? Okay. If you didn't put your hand up, you should put your hand up. <laughs> I think we all have been through those in some way, shape, or form, right? I can identify, certainly identify. There is good news to this. There is good news. Go ahead, Mike. For by the grace of God, you have been saved through faith. Now, this is where I want to pause. There is good news if we go through these seasons because we're equipped to handle them. We are equipped to handle them. As we have a statement of faith, a declaration of faith in the Lord, we are equipped to handle these seasons. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works. It is a gift of God, not of our own doing, that we have this grace. 
the gift of God, not of our works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're already equipped with core fundamental things. We have grace, gift from God, foundational faith to believe that God has this for us. We are equipped to go through these different types of trials. Maybe a blessing situation that we just have to figure out as we go, or maybe one that seems so disastrous. We are equipped, totally equipped. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us that he'll provide peace when needed if there's something really unusual. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you have gone through really hard times, haven't you? You've gone through times where you pray and you're so low. You have to pray to get to the point where you think you can receive the peace from God. You know what I'm talking about, but it's there. And you just ride through it. Also, we know this, that there's testing of our faith. James 1, verses 2 and 4 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The testing of faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Endurance rounds us out. Endurance gets us there. We go through these times. You know, the Israelites, they went through their time, and the disciples went through their time. But to this day, to this, all the way to 2014, we celebrate 50 days after Passover and 50 days after Easter, we celebrate what happened to them next. 50 days after Passover, the celebration of receiving the law, the receiving instruction. It's the Torah, the instruction from God. The Israelites, they waited. 50 days we celebrate, we get the instruction to know how to walk with God. And 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead is the day of Pentecost. You know what else that is? That's the day we celebrate receiving of the Holy Spirit. The instruction for how to get through life. It does come out. It really does. I don't know why God didn't make, just give the Israelites a road map, a plan for life. But he knew what he was doing. 50 days later for each group, it turned out to be perfect. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't think it's a coincidence. Also, we know this. We know something about God. God works with an end destination in mind. An end destination in mind. All right, Mike. And we know that for those who love God and all things, we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. In order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. We see that we're called to be in Christ's image in this verse. I love how it starts, by the way. It says, we know. We know. That's a declaration of faith right there. We know for those who call. We're in his image, and we're part of a big group. I think this is something that in America, this is kind of a challenge for us, this idea that God has this big picture and we don't. 
I do. I think we like to solve problems ourselves here. We have a lot of vehicle, a lot of means to solve our own problems. We like to figure things out and plot things out, don't we? Anybody disagree with me at all? I don't like to solve things myself. I think we do. And we'll try a quick test together. Are you ready? A quick test. How much we like to plan and figure things out on our own. Okay, you ready? Got to have you focused now. It's going to take some concentration. Think back to when you were about, about six years old. Got that? Remember what you wanted to do for a living? Are you doing it now? How many of you are doing what you wanted to do when you were six years old? One, two, three. Only three? Do you see where I'm going with this? We, we, most of us in here can't even plot out our careers, whatever they may be. Whether it's a career in medicine or a career in the home or a career in whatever, doesn't matter. We can't even plot out our careers. And we like to think that we can plan. We're really not all that great at it, are we? Although we like to think that we are. We know that when God plans for us, He brings us back to be in His image. Whatever we go through, it's His image. I'll go through trials in my life that are totally different than the trials that you go through in your life. Some of you have gone through some heinous trials. Heinous, terrible. Some of you, your life, I look at it, I'm like, that's a cakewalk. But no matter where we are and what we go through, God works all of it for good to end us like Him, to end us like His Son. We all come out of it looking the same, being more holy, Christ-like. That's a miracle. And you know it's a miracle? We're talking about how God brings us together today, but God brought the Israelites. He wanted to bring them together the same way. And then when Jesus walked the earth, the disciples to bring them together the same way. He wants us to bring us all together the same way. I don't know how that happens. Only God can do that. Only God. You know, the first part of the verse, a lot of times believers really gravitate to. I've walked into something more bookstore and other Christian bookstores, and you see this. We know that uh, for all those who God loves, that uh, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And a lot of times you'll see just that part on a little placard for sale in some bookstore, right? And it's true. But the rest of that verse says, he works all things for good to make us more like his son. He sees the big picture. We're going to have fun with this next point. Go ahead, Mike. All right, take a minute. Don't say anything. Don't say what you think is happening here. Just look at this picture. Does anybody want to take a guess and just tell me, Really, in, in 10 words or less, what's going on here? This is interactive. Let's have fun with this. Anybody? Robbery. Okay, I heard robbery. Next picture, Mike. That's what's going on here. That's the other side of the corner. It's not a robbery. It's, just, it's a movie set. All right, you get the idea how this works? Go ahead, Mike. Anybody want to take a shot? Church worship? <laughs> That's funny. Mark said church worship. All right, go ahead. Next one. A little girl hopping, hopping scotch. 
Hopscotch. Come on now. I was a boy. I didn't do that stuff. That's what girls did. All right, next one. By the way, that was my wife and daughter that made fun of me. Yeah, go back to Minnesota. I'm kidding. I'm glad she's here. Somebody's got to help clean the house. You're getting a little family humor right now, so don't, don't overread this. All right, anybody want to take a guess on this? Bird trying to get out of an egg. All right, next slide. Nope, he's not trying to get out. He's trying to get through the hole. Or the paper. He's not trying to get out of the egg. Which brings us to this next point. We're not in a place to really understand everything that God does. He's so much bigger and he sees so much more than we do. So much more. Look at how Passover and Easter talk to each other. Look at what Easter does for us. The resurrection. The resurrection. Look what it does for us. It gives us the opportunity to go to the Lord. You know, if Jesus would have stayed dead, we would have one wussy God. True? Anybody can die. But getting back up now, now we have some gain. That's a big deal. Easter proves it. There are eyewitness accounts all over of that time that note he was walking around after the fact. After they saw him hanging on the cross, he was walking around. There's these accounts. You know, Easter is a time, and Passover is a time, this is a time to remember our faith, our faith, not the story but our faith, what we believe in. We know that God did these things. We know that God has blessings for us, and sometimes the blessings will confuse us. I remember one time I wanted a new job in my company, and I was excited to get this job. I was nervous about this job, and I talked to my dad. It was a good father-son conversation. Should I put him for this job? Oh, boy, you know. And we was a good one. We talked and talked and talked, and I did. I put him for the job, and on Tuesday... Tuesday, this is important to know this day, at 5.30 at the end of the day, it was announced that I was taking a new job. Because on Wednesday, I was flying to Israel. By the time I got back, my job had already been filled, and my new job had changed. The job I had applied for was different. I didn't even know what it was called. Right? I get the phone call from the person that hired me, and they said, hey, Jim, we're changing your job. It's so great to have you. Well, I know my old job's filled. I'm really stuck here. Thanks, God. Thanks for leading me out of the land, but where are you leading me to? Right? That's a blessing situation that I didn't know what was going on. I spent five years in that role just going, huh, I don't know what I do. I don't. <laughs> and it's true. I've learned. During that stretch of time, the company spent over $50,000 on me to learn and be certified in different things. And now, thanks to the hindsight that God's given me, I go, whoa, praise God, because all of it's kingdom applicable. In other words, I use all of it here. I consider it my university season. But at the time, I had no idea what God was doing. Blessing situations are like that. We don't know where they're going. We like to think that we do, but we're not that smart, are we? They got out of Israel. They didn't know where they are going. 
What about when Jesus died? That's a blessing situation. They just didn't know it because he didn't get up yet. Or he, he didn't make himself known, I should say, to them yet. So this is a time to remember our faith. Some of you don't have any faith. You don't. It's funny. You know, faith is a funny term. Faith sounds very religious. When I think of faith, I think of religion. But it's not true. Faith is bigger than religion. I have never been to Australia. Has any, how many of you have never been to Australia? Do you believe it's there? Put your hand down. That's faith. How many of you, I, I believe airlines have a lot of faith. How many of you have flown on airlines before? How many of you use credit cards to pay? Do you see where I'm going at with that? If they really thought they were going to crash, they wouldn't let you pay with a credit card. True? We all live by faith all the time. But faith in the Lord is the big faith. And just because we can't see Him doesn't mean He's not there. We don't understand what's going on. How could we? It's His plan. It's not our plan. We go through life and we think we can plan things out. We think we can make them work magically together. When yet we can't even plot out our own careers. Faith, this is the time for faith. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. I believe it. I've seen evidence in my own life of the things that God has done. I believe the local historians of that time that wrote down that there was witnesses that saw him walking around. But I just choose to believe it because I've seen what he's done in my life. There's no greater statement for what God's done to me than what the Lord's done in my life. Some of it's given me the family that I've been given. Being here. I, I just The change in my heart over time. There's no bigger statement of faith to me the knowing that God's done these things in my life. Some of you don't have that faith. You don't see God doing things in your life. But you know that God's real. And you know that your way in life doesn't always work. I believe this. We've all, I would say a lot of us in the room have been in the same place. Do you know what we did, what I did? And I was a kid when I did this, but I just made a declaration. God, I know you're the one. I believe in you. I believe that you rose for me. I believe that you rose for all of us. I believe it. And I want your plan to become my plan. And I'll practice that. Because my way is not getting it done. I just kind of live the typical route of, of worldly life. Nothing to it. Is there anybody in this room that's ever made a declaration like that before? Is there anybody that right now, right for the first time, you're saying, you know what, I do believe it. I do. For the first time, you're saying, I do believe it. I think, I really believe, the whole tenor of the scripture, the whole message, the theme to the scriptures in the Bible is that God wants relationship with us. And he proved it. And he said, just believe that I want it with you. Believe that. 
And that's the whole tenor, the whole song of the Bible. And then he's got some ways, some tips and some tricks through life, all through it. If you want God's plan to be your plan, and you haven't made that statement, or you just made it for the first time, I want to invite you to come and just meet me after. I just want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. I want to say hello. I want to say thanks for believing like me. There is a hope in this. There is a peace in this. There's a direction in this. And welcome to the spiritual family of believers. Amen. Easter is a good time, isn't it? And I'm serious. If you put your hand up for the first time today, and, or if you want to just talk about it, you want to tell me one-on-one, I want to know. This totally floats my boat. Don't leave. You'll ruin my Easter. (laughs) Really, I want to know this. Amen. Please stand up. We're going to close with a word of prayer.